We like to listen to what a customer says and needs and believe they need. That's where we're able to help. We're able to work with them on designing the home right, making sure it fits on the land, and making sure that they're happy with it. Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us for episode 46 of the Panelized Prefab Kit Home Building Show. With me, as always, is the president and founder of Landmark Home and Land Company, a company which has been helping people build their new homes where they want, exactly as they want, across the nation and worldwide since 1993, my friend Steve Tuma. Steve, how are you, man? It's another great day. It always seems <laughs> to be a good day. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good attitude. <laughs> well, it's it's fun. Yeah, you know, it's uh, we we get uh calls from people. Hey, I want to build this weekend home. Hey, Steve, we want to build another home. You helped us two years ago, right? And it's uh, it's kind of invigorating, actually. Well, when you uh love love your work, you never work a day in your life. Is that what they say? Right. We're the only company with ten days a week and you know thirty <laughs> hours a day. But you know, we we figure it out. Like a Beatles song, eight days a week. Yeah, so, exactly. I, I thought today we'd get into a subject that's been uh, asked about by a customer or two, and that's uh, uh, the subject of big homes versus small homes. We all have that thing, should I get a big dog or a small dog? But when it comes to building houses, I think it's a little more complex. So uh, I guess you might equate it to uh, expensive homes as opposed to lesser expensive designs, but I'm sure it's much more complex than that. So if you're good, let's dive in. What uh, what are the differences between the two? Well, it's kind of interesting because, you know, if you put that in a matrix, you'd be kind of like, okay, so a smaller, does smaller mean that it's less expensive? Does larger mean that it's more expensive? Well, mm-hmm. you know, there are ways of making small homes simple. There are also ways of making small homes very intricate. Um, there's also ways of making big homes simple and and uh, big homes very intricate as well. So there are ways to control budgets. If someone says, hey, I want a smaller, just really, really detailed palace, that could be done. Other people say, hey, I need space. I just want a big, simple home so I could get the most square footage for for the dollar. So um, there, there are ways to adjust it depending upon what a particular customer needs, what their budget is, just their personal lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Some people like the simple designs. Simple sure. is more. Right. Other people want stuff that's more intricate, get into different architectural features, just different looks, different roof pitches, ceiling heights, porches, you know, different architectural features and, and finishes. So uh, the, the basic difference is kind of what does a customer want mm-hmm. and, and to what degree do they want it? Um, we, we've done extremely simple homes. We've done extremely complicated homes. So it's, it's, it's more, we believe, the, the listening to the customer to, to find out what they need because some of this is relative. If you grew up in a very boxy home, putting a front porch on it might be intricate. Mm-hmm. Where if you grew up in a very intricate home, you know, simple might be what someone else considers to be intricate. So we like to listen to what a customer says and needs and believe they need and talk to them and kind of help them, you know, put it together and something that's workable for what it is. A lot of customers understand what they need, but they don't have the exact solution yet. And that's that's where we're able to help. Mm-hmm. We're able to work with them on designing the home right, making sure it fits on the land, and making sure that they're happy with it. Hmm. Well, I'm, that, that, but as a as a person person standing back, I'm under the impression, 
that the planning process must be a lot different for a less expensive home than a more exp- expensive one, or or am I wrong? It kind of depends. It depends on where it's at because mm-hmm. um, sometimes people will build simpler designs to keep the structure simple in an area where there's a lot of structural concerns like earthquake or hurricane or high snow loads areas. So it, it depends. So if you're taking a simple home, say putting it on a simple lot in the Midwest, mm-hmm. there aren't really hurricanes and earthquakes there to, to do it. So, so that'll be simpler, but we've had people build simple homes and, you know, more expensive areas, you'd say oceanfront, ocean, you know, beach communities, things like that, because just the cost of building in those areas, it's more typical to get a simpler design and, and dress it up. So there really isn't a, uh, um, something, you know, some steadfast rule, because if you take a simple home and put it in a complex building site with a complex building department, suddenly that simple home will need more work. And you could have a complex design in a place, you know, say a flat piece of land in Iowa, it's a lot easier to build there. So a lot of this really depends on how, when, and where you're, you're, you're getting it put together. With us, it's, it's the same bottom line situation of we go through the preliminary architectural details, understanding the site conditions to make sure that the house is designed the way our customer wants it, but also matching it to the land that it's going to be sit on mm-hmm. and the building department. So let's just say someone wanted to build a, a boxy ranch home, you know, just a 1,200 square foot ranch home right. and put it in, um, you know, a Midwestern area, you know, kind of flat land. They bought two acres from a farmer. They're they're putting a house up. It's going to be a lot different process to go through that because it's flat land. It's in a simpler uh, building department situation. Let's just say that same family said, you know, I want to move to Key West. <laughs> and I've got a lot that faces south, and I'm right on the ocean. Suddenly, we're dealing with hurricanes. We're dealing with flood zones, mm. storm surges a stickier building apartment, hurricane engineering, and different situations like that. So we would, even though it's the same kind of 1,200-square-foot boxy home, we would have to, because of the nature of the building site and the municipality and then the permitting department, we would have to get more details put into place and and work the design and structural engineering a, a little bit differently. Mm. So... Um, there, I guess it, it depends on how simple of a home and where it's at. The location can really affect how we approach a, a, a design, a, the design of a home. Um, some areas, there's height restrictions. Mm-hmm. You know, so if an area might be 25 feet. Well, if you want to do a two-story home with a steep pitch roof, that's very hard to achieve. But if suddenly the building department allowed 35 feet, suddenly it's easier. So we have to know those elements up front so that we can go through and, and design design a home. Now, as far as how does this affect a customer, we just need to know. We can check with the building department. They may already know. But those are things that behind the scenes, our team, our designers, our engineers, energy code people, you know, diff- different type of engineers and designers that we have, we're able to put that together. So the customer doesn't always have to have the answer of, hey, I want my wall height like this. I need to have my floor system this thick. I got to have this roof pitch to make it work. We'll we'll put it together so our customer can come to us with 
the general concept of what they're looking for. Mm. They can go through and say, hey, I want a two-story in this area. I got 30 feet to build in. And then we'll we'll work with them through the design elements to massage the design You know, I didn't, so that it goes through. It's funny that I didn't think about it until after I'd asked the question, but I would imagine there are probably smaller designs that are more complex, and there are probably big designs that are, are pretty simple. That's that's exactly the the situation because mm-hmm. one one thing that people are kind of trained to believe is it's square feet, mm-hmm. and a lot of people say, "Well, Steve, why why is this thousand square foot home this price, but this thousand square foot home is fifty percent more?" Mm. What people don't realize is every square foot is different. So let's just say you had a square foot of a home that was in a boxy home with an eight-foot flat ceiling. Mm-hmm. That's going to have one price. But if you had a home with a 20-foot ceiling, that same square foot, you're, you got a 20-foot wall there. Sure. <laughs> you know? yeah. So even though the square footage hasn't changed, the, the features of that square feet are there. So even in different parts of a home, there'll, there'll be parts that can cost less and cost more. It's not a uniform thing. Um, kind of like the story, I've, I think I mentioned this a few times, it's not like a bag of groceries. You don't call the store up and say, how much is a bag of groceries? Mm-hmm. You have to find out and say, hey, I want so much chicken, I want some lettuce, I want some milk, I want some cheese, whatever it is that someone would want, and that determines the cost. So that's that's what we're able to do is work with people to get them the pricing for the designs that they want so we can work with them to figure out what makes sense for what they end up choosing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's this upfront legwork and conversations that, that we have with them. But yeah, that's you, you brought one fallacy up where people think every square footage of a house is the same. If that were true, everyone would be living in 1,200 square foot palaces <laughs> with 20 foot ceilings and steep pitch roofs and, right. and turrets and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And people also don't realize that the way you count square footage is different. Mm. Some people count square footage by under a roof. That includes the overhangs. Well, you're not really living under your overhang, right. but some people do it that way. Some people include garages. Some people include basements. Some people include porches and breezeways. So people have to watch when someone's going by square foot price, well, what's in that? You know, so you you got to understand what, what the cost is, and we're able to go through that with someone. So if someone were to say, hey, here's two houses, you know, let's just arbitrarily say it's a 1,500-square-foot house package, you know, why one would cost more than the other so that they understand it. Because amazingly, when people look at plans, you know, Steve, we could take a plan, you know, let's just say a chalet house, something you'd put in the mountain in Colorado. Mm-hmm. You might look at it and see something. I might look at the exact same picture and see something different. Right. You know, as far as what what values to me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I may see a chalet on the side of a hill with a walkout basement and go, oh, wow, cool. That's like a separate living space down there. Mm-hmm. You know, a friend's came over. Someone else might come out and say, wow, I could put my office down there. Or, hey, I could have a drive under a garage. Or someone might say, ever since I've been a kid i've won at a chalet with big windows overlooking a mountain range mm-hmm. so there's there's different values that people have for their home so you it's not always safe to assume that you know there's a 1500 square foot home with three bedrooms two baths that that's what everyone wants some people look at it as say hey that three bedrooms two bath is really two bedroom 
home office. Right. You know, or, or whatever it may be. Or they, they may see a different future use if, if in-laws move in or whatever. So people are going to have different priorities. Um, some people worry about their garage more. Mm-hmm. They're just more centered about whatever hobbies they may have. And they just figure, hey, the inside of the house is where they sleep. It's not a big deal. Other people's life is more home-centered. So they want to, you know, have a certain inside for their particular lifestyle, and they're not really as concerned about a garage. So that that's what we do is work with people to figure it out, what's a priority, what makes sense, and then the house can be designed to what's a priority for them. Well, we were talking about assumptions just now. So I'm assuming, again, let's say I'm a customer, I might assume that um, – a panel package uh, from Landmark is going to be completely different from uh, on a bigger house than a less expensive home. Um, am I wrong in that? It all really depends on the structure and where you're building it. Okay, mm-hmm. so let's just say in theory you you had a uh, a two thousand square foot two story, mm-hmm. just a regular boxy home. So there's a thousand square feet downstairs and a thousand square feet configured the same upstairs. Mm-hmm. The structure of that home is going to be pretty simple. The load paths from the roof are going to go down the exterior walls, down to the foundation, be supported. So let's just say that you were looking at some very expensive architectural magazines mm-hmm. or books, and, and you look at it and you go, wow, look at this 2,000-square-foot home. And it's got 1,500 square feet down, 500 square feet upstairs, and then there's an open area, roughly 500 square feet, where it's got a 20-foot ceiling in a living room, so you can look up to the second level. So someone could say, well, that's 2,000 square feet. Well, the difference is in the intricacies of the design. Mm-hmm. The more intricate design is likely to have a more intricate roof, different point loads going down to the ground, different beams to support open balcony areas, different uh, floor systems, different open spanned areas. So if someone were to take a, say, a 1,500 square foot two-story that was boxy and make it a 2,500 square foot two-story that was boxy, the structure's pretty much the same. It's just bigger. But if you were to reconfigure it and make a completely complex roof system, a lot of ridges and valleys in the roof, a lot of corners in the home, suddenly the complete structure is differently. So it really comes into the design. Now, I don't want to create a lot of confusion, but if you were then to take that design and take it from you know where you might build it in the Midwest, where you know the the engineering isn't as strict. As say, if you were in Key West, mm-hmm. you know, in hurricane zone, suddenly the house has different forces against it. So that example where I had a living room where you had a big glass wall and you could look up to a balcony on the inside, maybe you've got a 20 foot tall wall there. Well, in the Midwest, where generally the engineering's for 90 degree, 90 mile an hour winds, it's not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. Suddenly you go stick it in Key West, that exact same house, you've got a wall 20 feet tall, say 20 feet wide, 20 feet tall, and it's in 180 mile an hour wind. Suddenly that wall needs to be reinforced. Right. So the point that I'm getting at is a small home, simple, medium. The general structure is the same, but we adopt it for the particular use and the codes and and design elements. So um, 
I think the point, I think of what you're asking is, is a smaller home necessarily cheaper built? No, it isn't. It's still a quality product that we supply, but the conditions that it's being built in might require to have a beefier structure, more engineering in different situations to, uh, to do it. That example that I was talking about with the 20 foot tall wall mm-hmm. is in a big wind. That wall in a sense becomes kind of like a kite or the underneath of a porch might be become kind of a kite with the strong winds it'll push against that wall mm-hmm. and flex that wall now someone will be like well how do you know that well we <laughs> we know that by engineering and what we need to do is reinforce that wall uh put different structural members in there different design so that your drywall or interior finishes don't crack right yeah so a lot of people will question that they'll be like well steve i've lived in a house and i've never seen that i'm like well you might not know what the current house is like but Mm -hmm. we're in the business of making sure it's done right to avoid problems right so um but yeah i I think your question was is there kind of something different if i were to do a simple home compared to a more complex no we're going to supply a very very good structural system good design good structural engineering whether you're doing a simple design or where you're doing a very complex, uh, even though it is our customer's home, we still look at it as a reflection of us. We want our customers to be happy. We want them to tell their friends and, and hopefully their friends or they buy again from us and, and we get to, to work with our customers again. So um, we always have an eye on, on quality to make sure that it's done right. Mm-hmm. And that that's, that's the key element. Just because someone is building a $100,000 home instead of a $2 million home, doesn't mean that the $100,000 person doesn't um, want quality. And that's, that's what we supply. Well, are, are there ways, let's, let's, th- let's say I want to downsize or just want to make my life more simple, but I don't want to get into a smaller house that feels like a cheaper house. I mean, are there ways to make smaller homes feel like more expensive, larger homes? Oh yeah. There, there's a lot of things that, that can be done. And that's, that's kind of a, a trend right now mm-hmm. where, where people are looking for modest comfortables, but still, you know, the cool factor, right? They, they want something that, you know, has that little extra something to it. So let, let's just say you were to take, to take a, a, a typical ranch home, we can go through and dress it up with architectural features. They like different gables on it, little dormers, porches, different types of roof designs, hip roofs, angled more modernistic roofs mm-hmm. different types of situations on the inside you can do cathedral ceilings tray ceilings you know make one part of the house the walls taller um you could put our you know different interest in there with some angled walls the way the kitchens are designed so there's actually a, a lot of a lot of work that can go in to really make a small home feature packed mm-hmm. and I'm not always a believer that a bigger home is necessarily better than a smaller home that's well designed. Sure. You know, so it kind of depends on what what someone's looking for. Uh, Sometimes customers will come to us with some plans that they got somewhere, and they'll be like, Steve, look at this great 2,500 square foot home. And I look at it and go, yeah, effectively, you've got 1,800. Look at all the hallways and weird spaces. Right. You know, so, yeah, that's square footage. But a hallway isn't always considered to be highly usable. You know, right, S- Steve, 
you know, let's take you for example. Would you rather have a nice, comfortable home theater or just that really cool, long, boring hallway? You know, <laughs> <laughs> give me a minute. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> doesn't take that long. Yeah, right. so so it's that's that's kind of the scenario. Is you look into the design to say, hey, how how is this family uh, using it? I I was just uh, talking to a customer. Uh, he built he's building a home in uh, Albuquerque. Mm-hmm. His name's Kevin. And he happens to have a nice lot in a nice neighborhood, built this house. But the key, what he called the money shot, is looking out the front of the house where he has these absolutely beautiful views of mountain ranges. Oh, right, yeah. So to him, it was making sure that you could sit anywhere in the house and look out of the front windows, whether you're in the bathroom, in your bedroom, in the kitchen, in the living room. You could just look up and see this majestic this majestic view so Mm -hmm. we were able to do that it was in a 1300 square foot home oh wow he said steve this is absolutely amazing i got this little deck everywhere i go i could look at this view right and he said my neighbors are building million to two million dollar homes you know the little subdivision right next to him he was just you know across the road he said i got the same thing I did it myself in a 1,300-square-foot home. So wow. it's it's sometimes it's not in the design of the home, or it's not all the design. Sometimes it's in the positioning on the lot to take advantage of the environment around it that makes the home more enjoyable. Sure. Yeah. You know, I I see a lot of simpler, smaller homes. They look like modulars, and I, I would never want that. I mean— is Landmark able to design something that can give me a simple, smaller home that doesn't look like some little modular box? Yeah, this is kind of a follow-up situation what we're just reviewing. We could take that concept mm-hmm. of, hey, keep it simple, but let's give it that little extra zing or pizzazz type of a thing. So we, we've got a customer who's building in uh, Parump, Nevada, mm-hmm. and it's a 1,200-square-foot home. We put kind of a modernistic roof on it. Mm-hmm. You know, some pitched angles, kind of some overhang, so it's got a little bit of a mid-century modern vibe going to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a beautiful open concept. He happens to like to entertain. He's on the road a lot, so when he when he's home, he wants to make sure that you know he can have fun with friends and family. So we took that twelve hundred square foot ranch, put these nice angled modernistic uh, roof on it designed the inside with a big cathedral ceiling in there and he's he's going to make a little palace out of it mm. that probably cost i don't know one two percent more to do just, our, just, just that that's to, interesting to, to dress it up but if you looked at it comparison to like a regular gable end home they'd both be beautiful homes but if you're into that kind of modern mid-century modern look you'd go be like man check that thing out right so um we we understand how to do it we just have to get a feel for what what people want sometimes a lot of these things to get away from the modular you know just that box that everyone can identify right um it's different things porches extend eaves adding windows putting a bay windows uh putting a little jog in the in the in the house design mm-hmm. the way the garage is attached to it the the pitch of the roof the type of roof design a gable end a hip roof some people do mansard roofs they're not as common but it, it's possible to do that so 
yes, yes, we are able to do it. And it's, uh, it's something that isn't as hard as people believe it to be. We're in the business of making sure people get a house that makes sense, that they enjoy. We don't necessarily charge more just because it's something that other people would charge more for. Mm-hmm. We go through and say, hey, this makes sense. The customer's going to be happy. It's just a, a little bit of a change in the the trust design, and, and suddenly we're off. So, yeah, we, we've done that a lot. Um, and I, I think that's why people enjoy our design is they have control of it. We don't tell them what house they're going to live in. They tell us. We draw it up. We make sure that it works you know, for the lot, for different, different scenarios and, and put it together, you know, make sure that hallways are the right width and doors are the right size, different stuff like that, and kind of take their concept and and put it on paper. Right. So, uh, yeah, we, we've got great designers that can help people through, through those issues. And, you know, that's also a situation with people that want to do big houses. Sometimes they look at it and say, yeah, I like this design, but it just does. It's not a hundred percent there for me. Mm-hmm. We, we can go through and, and work with them on, on the design elements. Our customer base loves designing their own home. They love knowing that they were involved with the design. They love knowing that they can control it, understand it and make it happen. That's the fun part. You just brought up larger homes, and that was I was going to get to that next. Let's go to the other side of the coin. So let's say I, I'm a I'm a owner builder. I need space for my family. It's growing, but my budget just isn't that big. I, can Landmark help me control the cost of building a larger home? Yes, we can, and it's it's a situation kind of the same that I just described, but a little bit backwards. So if someone comes through and they come out with this. They say, hey, I need a room. I've got four kids. <laughs> I need to have a home office. You know, we need to have a craft room. We want a home theater. And we got a couple big SUVs because we're active and, mm-hmm. and we like to, you know, get away on weekends and do different things. And we might have to kind of work with them on simplifying the roof systems. Because mm-hmm. roof systems are a big component and expense and complexity right. in the design. Mm-hmm. So work with them on getting rid of a couple corners, you know, kind of simplifying things. Now, I don't want to say we're going to sterilize the design so it's no fun. (laughs) Right. We're just going to look at them and say, hey, you know, if you get rid of this element, you're likely to save this amount of money. Mm. How important is that element? And what's interesting is a lot of time people might say, I never even noticed that. Mm. It wasn't something that was important to me. I it, I didn't notice it. I I was looking at the big family room. That's what I want. <laughs> it's like okay, well, let's reconfigure a few things. Work work with the roof structure. Work on different structural elements. The the types of floor systems, different spans, so that we could give the big open spaces that they would need for their family get-togethers for for that particular family's use. Mm-hmm. So yes, we are able to go through to work with them to to figure it out. If someone's really, really pushing a budget, sometimes there's situations where you have to, you know, there's certain things you can change and certain things you can't change. Mm-hmm. So if someone were to say, hey, you know, if they were cutting it close, we might say, hey, it's good to get the house you want. Maybe put less expensive carpet in now. Right. You know, or some, you know, because you can change that down the road mm-hmm. or, or do different adjustments. So, yes, we're we're able to work through with people to, uh, to do it and. And bottom line, you know, we want to make sure that the customers end up with a house that they want, that they're proud of. So we'll do whatever we can through the way we purchase lumber and work with our engineering and designing processes 
to to really work it out so that uh, the end result is what they want. Mm. Let's talk about re- retirement home or weekend homes, even retirement or weekend. Um, how do I make, a, 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 let's say, a retirement home, how do I make it cool and yet keep it cost affordable? I mean, I have some great ideas for a house. How do I keep the cost down? Well, that's really interesting because you're kind of combining a few Right. <laughs> of the ideas here, you know, retirement kind of implies people are scaling down, but mm-hmm. they still need space for the grandkids or friends to come over that occasional guest. Sure. You know, sometimes these retirement homes are, you know, more remote places in mountains or big open areas or in forests or whatever it would be. So it's a matter of how, how do we keep it, um, you know, affordable and, and still hit that kind of relaxing type of design. Mm-hmm. We found that there's different ways of, creating roof structures and designing roof structures and floor plans that give the people that nice relaxing designs. Let's just say, Steve, you, you had a, a, a lake house, you know, let, let's just say you, you found a spot in Colorado somewhere in a mountain area. There might be a stream or lake or something around you. Mm-hmm. And, and you came into us and said, ever since I'm tw- I've been 12, I want a chalet. I want the angled prow on the front. I want a 20-foot glass wall. I want to go look at this. And for some reason, your budget didn't work because of site condition costs, access costs, power costs, you know, septic costs, whatever, to mm-hmm. do it. Mm-hmm. The essence of what you're looking for is a big, grand, great room where you could sit there, read the paper, watch TV, and look out at, at your, your really cool view. There are different designs that we've come up with with different types of roof systems and floor plans that allow people to have that same effect. Right. It's done a little bit differently. So there's there's a variety of different ways of achieving the end goal. And again, this this goes back to what I originally spoke about of finding out what it is that that the customer values and then working that design so that it works within the budget. Right. So sometimes, like I say, someone might come in and say, hey, I want this big grand chalet. I want a lodge. And then, but when you talk to them, they're like, what they really want is a big glass wall (laughs) to sit there, look outside, have the fireplace and the TV to the right, a glass wall to the left, Mm -hmm. so they could sit there, have dinner, read read a book, and look at the magnificent view, still watch the show watch the fireplace and enjoy it so Mm -hmm. through these conversations we're able to to work with people um sometimes this gets a little deeper and controlling costs because that idea that i said you know say a a house in the mountain in colorado well is it in a flatter lot or is it on the side of a hill Mm -hmm. so sometimes we have to look into the design elements of how you use the land Uh, like how the house is accessed is you know you can put a driveway here or you can put a driveway there uh, different types of foundations might be affordable. Different types of designs might limit the size of the foundation that would control the costs. Mm-hmm. So it's not always just in the floor plan. It's kind of stepping back and saying, hey, what's the overall design challenge? What are we looking at? Because if you were to build that same house by a lake in Colorado on flatland, it's going to be different than if you're on the side of a hill. Sure. So that's what we try to do is look at kind of a holistic approach of saying, hey, this is what the customer wants. They want to view out their window, still be involved with the family and friends that are over, 
and and have a, a big grand ceiling so that they can see the sunrise, the sunset, the the night stars, but also look out into a field and see deer and animal, you know, doing whatever they do. Mm-hmm. So that's that's the element. So sometimes what someone will tell us saying, "Hey, I want this." The reality is they want they want a different method of achieving that this. So it's not always the big expensive chalet that they're looking at. They're looking at let me sit in a living room and enjoy my view. Mm. So there's different ways of designing that with different designs, and that that's what we're able to do. Again, as I've mentioned, a, a lot of people know that we're a company that helps people build their own panelized homes. That's important. What's more important is listening to what the customer says, determining how to design it and work it right in the budget so that it's easy for them to see it on paper, easy to get permits, and then follow through and build a, a cool home. Right. Fantastic. Well, that's going to wrap it up for us today. But uh, before we hit the dusty trail, I want to give Steve a chance, uh, as usual, to tell us uh, how we might get a hold of Landmark Home and Land Company and uh, find out all the amazing things that they're doing over there. Steve, uh, give us some idea of how we can touch base. The, the best way is to check out our website, it's uh, our company is Landmark Home and Land Company, and you can see our website at lhlc.com. Kind of the initials of Landmark Home and Land. We don't have the and in the <laughs> URL, but lhlc.com. You can check out. Uh, I think we've got thousands of plan ideas there. We've got the special select plan section, which talks about kind of simpler designs if that's what someone's interested in. Mm-hmm. We've got our podcasts on there. We've got a variety of videos. We've got different uh, pages, you know, discussing what we include, how we do different things. Um, that's a good place to start. You can send an email to us through an inquiry through the website. And there's also a number there, 800-830-9788. Again, that's 800-830-9788. And, uh, Michael, answer the phone. Uh, we always try to answer the phone. You, if you leave a voicemail, we'll get back with you right away. But Michael worked through the initial phases with you, and then as, as you move on, I would get involved. You can always reach me at landmark at lhlc.com. I can uh, you know help people through the process, understanding what, what needs to be done. And you can also see uh, details on um, the Internet and Pinterest, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, get get some ideas of what we do. We are very interested in talking, communicating with our customers to kind of help them at the beginning phases, so that they kind of understand uh, how we can help them through the process. Uh, the idea is uh, our customers like to know what's going on with their house. They like the design. They enjoy it. They want to budget it. They want to, you know, build a house to their priorities and get the house they want. It's a lot of fun. Makes sense. And there you go. So, for Steve Tuma and myself, we want to thank you all once again for listening in to the Panelized Prefab Kit Home Building Show. Happy building, everyone, and we will see you next time. Thank you.